There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show podcast uh, from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson alongside. And we have a, we have a, a treat here uh, as we have a guest in a, in a podcast that has uh, not really been having guests as of late, kind of got tough and I got away from getting having guests, I'll be honest with you. It's it's more difficult than it was in 2017 and 18 when we were having guests all the time. Uh, St. Louis County Executive Candidate Mark Monavani in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. You are about to hear that interview. I think it is incredibly important that I put on the front end of the interview uh, my uh friendship, business relationship, whatever you'd want to call it, with Mark Monavani. So, Jackson, full disclosure, I am biased, mm. and that needs to be said. Yeah, I think just putting that on the front. But uh, the And Mark and I talk about that in the upcoming yeah. uh, interview you will hear. And I was captivated during it. I'm not a big political guy, but hearing him and just his earnest demeanor and the how authentic and genuine he is when he speaks is... Uh, it's refreshing. It's very refreshing. One of the things I didn't know that he would uh, want to talk about, he said, yeah, we can talk about whatever. Just, you know, certainly, okay, you were running as a Democrat the first two times. Now you're running as Republican, as you can imagine. We talked about that. Um, but also um, that he was asked to run for um, significantly higher office and politely declined it. So I think one of the things, and I could be wrong, I try to to psychoanalyze the audience, and I don't really even know who I'm psychoanalyzing, but people may say, well, he went from Democrat to Republican because he's just power hungry and wants to win. And in reality, all he wants to do is be St. Louis County executive, and that is it. And you will hear him say that much more definitively than I do in the upcoming conversation. Uh, so you are always welcome to give your feedback. I welcome it. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Your questions for questions from the audience, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. We thank all of our sponsors who make our podcasts possible. Uh, that includes Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert.com. Interest rates are all over the place, but the Delta is wide, and the Home Loan Expert can get you the best rate. So make sure, if you're looking to buy a home, you go to thehomeloanexpert.com. As Ryan says, you marry the house, you date the rate. Marry the house, date the rate. So here's the deal. You might go, well, I, I love this house, but the interest rates have gone up. That's fine. Well, guess what? The interest rates are going to go back down. And when they do, you can refinance. But for now, make sure you don't lose out on the home of your dreams because of a fear of the interest rates. Go to thehomeloanexpert.com. And once you get that home, get it insured with James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. 314-961-4800. Or go online at carltoninsurance.net. I am a James Carlton client, and I recommend James Carlton to our audience. 314-961-4800. You call there during the day. You are going to talk to somebody right there in the office in Webster Groves, and they will take outstanding care of you. If you do decide to make the switch to James Carlton, they do all the paperwork for you. 
314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. Uh, Jackson, tell me and the wonderful people listening to the podcast about Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Well, I work with Mark Hanna. I, in fact, I have a call with Mark Hanna today. Oh, oh wow. Well, once again, we're bragging about our portfolio <laughs> in the podcast. Yeah, just a little year. It's tired, honestly. I hear you. It's a, it's a year in review. He texted me and said, hey, we got a year in review coming up. You might want to just give me a call, talk it over, and then uh, if we need to make adjustments, that's what we'll do because Mark is the best, man. That's the thing. Is like I'm really looking forward to talking to him because he's such a wonderful human being on top of being such a knowledgeable and intelligent financial advisor. You know, it doesn't matter what you're saving up for or what position you are in life. If it's your kid's, retire- or kid's college fund or your retirement fund, maybe you just want to take a vacation or just save some money, Mark Hanna can help you out. And on top of all that, man, he's just a great, great guy. He's so, good peeps. Oh, he's the best. So if you don't have anybody, get in touch with Mark Hanna. He'll straighten you out. And if you already have somebody, consider making the switch because Mark is the best in the business. 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. Also sponsoring our podcast, whether it's QFTA, whether it's Pick 6, or whether it is an interview like today with Mark Monavani, Munganass St. Louis Acura, and Munganass Burkhardt. Alton Toyota. That's right. Jamie Burkhardt's name is now on the dealership. And Alton, and we recommend them to you. It's where I got my car, and it's where my wife got her car repaired, and it's where we recommend you get everything taken care of. The official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast is Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Online at stlouisacura.com or altontoyota.com. Go shopping now for a new or pre-owned car with Munganas at stlouisacura.com or altontoyota.com. And finally, Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. Seth Goldcamp said, hey, if you could, go to Design Air service.com and click on the book now tab and then what we're going to do is tell you how you can get your furnace checked up before the weather starts to get cold because you got to make sure you do that and i did and it took 24 seconds i timed it between the time i went on the website and got it booked and then they came by earlier this week and took care of it everything is ready to go for the colder weather months you can do the exact same thing with design air heating and cooling online at designairservice.com and work with the official hvac provider of the tim mckernan show and the ryan kelly morning after and that is design air heating and cooling so how long did we go on this had to be refreshing for you because qfta goes what six seven hours yeah about yeah uh, this one went like about an hour i felt like is yeah, that even right? less like about oh is four, that right about 45 minutes okay yeah. uh conversation with mark monavani here on the tim mckernan show in the homeloanexpert.com studios mark welcome in thanks tim it's good to be back it is you you uh you are in here and i believe your third appearance on the podcast. But you have much nicer digs here. Oh, uh, don't is, you think yes, so? Yes, it's very impressive. You it's, were observing Iggy's uh, memorabilia stash, probably alarmed or confused by it, I would yeah, imagine. Well, with the exception of Iggy's stash, it's very nice. <laughs> 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 so I can tell you this, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it, but there was a lot of enthusiasm uh, when you announced that you were running for county executive. Um, but I'm sure behind the scenes with family and with trusted confidants, you probably thought long and hard about it. Because I know you weren't sure you were going to run twice, much less three times. So I'm curious how you arrived at the decision to do it. Yeah, I'm curious about that, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was uh, it actually happened rather quickly. Uh, you know, the Republicans uh, discovered that they didn't have a candidate. I had uh, uh, bypassed the Democratic uh, primary. Uh, I didn't think that it made any sense for me to uh, just keep doing the same thing. Uh, that's sort of the definition of insanity, right? Uh, keep continuing to do the same thing and expecting a different outcome. Uh, uh, my, my enthusiasm for the job never waned, but uh, uh, until the Republican conversations began. I didn't think that the prospects were viable. So basically what happened was was when uh, Ms. Pinner withdrew, I, I, like all of us, you know, we have friends who are Republicans and Democrats. And some of my Republican friends said, uh, hey, you know, wouldn't it be great if you did this? And I sort of dismissed it initially. And then uh, the conversations sort of persisted, and uh, I uh, I thought about the the prospects, the opportunity, which 
seemed to me to be uh, have a different construct than anything I had done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, your listeners know probably, I, I've never been a real uh, political party partisan. Uh, I had run in the Democratic primary uh, twice before. Uh, but in both of those campaigns, I probably, uh, well, I don't know if I got as many Republican votes as Democratic votes, but I appealed to voters on both sides, certainly. And uh, we tried to encourage Republicans to cross over and ask for a Democratic uh, ballot, as you'll you, you remember. Mm-hmm. And all of that really stems from my uh, commitment to uh, the region. This has never been about having a political career or being a political partisan for me. It has been about trying to uh, help the St. Louis area uh, uh, achieve its potential and do better. And as, as I've said, I'm, I'm sure with you guys uh, on numerous occasions, I've been disappointed with the trajectory of the, the community since um, uh, you know, since I've been an adult here. I, I was telling some people the other day, this, I think this is pretty astounding, uh, uh, I, I was I was looking at some old census uh, statistics. My my grandpa my grandpa uh, left northern Italy and uh, got on a boat. We have all of his travel papers uh, in, and he arrived in Ellis Island in 1911. And uh, in 1911, uh, he, he he arrived to Ellis Island. He knew he was coming to St. Louis because there were other people. Uh, from uh, the environs where he grew up in northern Italy in the St. Louis area. Uh, and when he landed in Ellis Island, St. Louis was the fourth largest city in America. And so if you think about that, over the course of his and my lifetime, St. Louis has gone from being that prominent to what it is today, which uh, unfortunately uh, suggests that it's it's you know been bypassed clearly by you know, scores of communities and even those communities that I used to think of as minor league cities, the, the, the Nashvilles and Kansas cities and Indianapolis's of the world uh, have either passed it or are, are gaining on it very rapidly. And so I've been discouraged and disappointed with all that. So I've always just uh, felt like since so much of this decline happened on my generation's watch, if I could try to uh, reverse that decline, I should try. I have kids and grandkids who live here, and so that is important to me that they uh, have lives of opportunity by uh, by virtue of living in a community that is presenting more opportunity, not less. So as those conversations with the Republicans progressed, uh, you know, I indicated to them that I, uh, I, I would only want to run sort of a bipartisan campaign that... Uh, uh, and really, to my surprise, they agreed. Uh, I, uh, I think the Republican Central Committee in St. Louis County deserves a, a huge amount of credit. Uh, of course, that sounds pretty arrogant since they asked me to do this. But practically speaking, they recognized that uh, there was a need to uh, uh, elevate a candidate who had potential from, uh, for drawing from the other side. And so often our political parties don't do that anymore. You know, they just pick one partisan, one more extreme person than the other, or somebody who's been in the party forever and sort of has waited their turn. And then we voters get to pick from that. And I, I think that they tried to find what they thought was the greater good. So, so, uh, I was introduced then to the Republican Central Committee, and uh, a number of the members of that uh, committee uh, indicated that they would like to nominate me. And I sit, finally, after talking to a family, uh, uh, decided that if they did, I would uh, uh, make another run. So, not I mean, it was it was it, it was not a very exciting story, and candidly, it's sort of like. Uh, you know, when we were in high school and we asked uh, our friend to or see if a girl would go out with us or something. It was, it was sort of an organic uh, kind of uh, uh, discussion. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and they've been uh, very uh, true to their word. Uh, and, uh, and so away we go. So I think for the audience, I, I think it's important for me anyway, as the person talking, 
with you that I disclose that we have a friendship um, and have talked about business opportunities for the last few years. And, and I certainly and the thing that I tell people when I talk about you, you see the field, at least in my opinion, in a way that m- the vast majority of people don't see the field. And I think that is such an asset. So I am biased. I, I want that to be 100 percent out there. And that's the, the way that I see this. Um, well, thank. I think it's appropriate that we acknowledge that yeah. as well. I think that I think that's right. So, uh, so. I, pr- I appreciate that. Shame I, on both of us. For, <laughs> yeah. we, we both lost a lot of credibility here. <laughs> yeah, I might have just ended the campaign right here. No, Hold and, on I, a and I may have ended your, your uh, radio career. <laughs> Who was he associating with? That? <laughs> um, and, and secondarily, well, no, so I, may I, let, let me let me make a comment on okay. that if you don't mind. And Please I know do. that's not why you brought it up at all, but. The thing that I've always admired about uh, Tim McKernan is his uh, is your entrepreneurial uh, drive. Uh, I would like to say, uh, perhaps this is too self-serving, that I see a little bit of myself in you. Well, uh, I consider that to be a compliment. I, you also might have destroyed the campaign again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I, have, I admired the way you chose the road less traveled when you left. Uh, TV, um, sports or, uh, and, uh, and sort of embarked on your own path. I admired that. And, uh, and so, uh, as, as we, I think we just started doing maybe a podcast or something along those lines when I was running uh, before I, I, I expressed that and I, and, and you've, uh, you've continued along those lines. So I have, I have a lot of respect for, your uh, your willingness to think outside the box, which, as you know, is sort of one of my uh, catchphrases that I like to use a lot. Right. And, uh, uh, and I, I guess I would like to think that this this is not a career that I have in politics. I don't know what it is. Uh, it, it, uh, uh, it, it defies description in many respects. But, <laughs> but uh, it has been sort of an outside-the-box uh, effort on my behalf, I think, which— which was really just intended to try to help my hometown, which I feel right. badly about. That And that, that's the thing that I want to make sure I drive home. Because the reason why when we first met and did a podcast, and I honestly didn't know much about the, the – I didn't even know the primary was coming up in a couple of weeks the first time we sat down years ago. And I recall you saying, this is all I want to do as county executive. And I want to drive that home to the people listening right now because I think, Mark, and I could be off the mark on this, that people assume, that, and I think this happened when you announced that you were going to be or you were selected by the Republicans, to, that you, that's, this is a case, oh, this guy just wants to do anything to win. And in reality, you do want to become the county executive, but it's not because you're looking to aspire to get to Washington, D.C. or Jefferson City. <laughs> no, no. And, I, and so I want to make sure that I point out that A, you said that back then, that you only want to be county executive, and B, since then, you have had opportunities to to run for bigger offices and haven't chosen to do so. Yeah, and no, I think that's well, important for people to know because I think it speaks to integrity and what your focus is, which is St. Louis. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not a real young guy anymore, right? And uh, I I have very low interest, uh, no interest in building uh, like a political career, uh, or any such thing. I, um, uh, uh, I, I, I just feel an obligation to, to help St. Louis end this, this decline. Um, uh, I have been asked to run for other offices. Uh, first of all, those offices that I've been asked to run for are legislative offices. And that's really just not me. You know, I, uh, the 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 reason that I believe the county executive office is one that a guy with no direct uh, governmental experience can handle is because it's an executive level position, which it, which is an area in which I have had some experience, and so I think that my skill set fits there. Uh, uh, to be a legislator and hang around committee meetings and uh, be assigned to this committee or that committee. Uh, does not at this stage of my life hold much uh, interest to me at all. But to be the chief executive of the St. Louis County government, which I believe is very important. Uh, I didn't always believe that, but I believe it's very important uh, in affecting the, the 
the circumstances of our region uh, is is something that I uh, would like to do. And uh, 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 you know, you you asked about uh, conversations with families with the family around this. Uh, uh, the person who deserves the most credit in all of this is my wife, Patty, uh, because uh, this is sort of a passion of mine, you know, and all I've done candidly for the last four or five years is sort of put a damper on uh, our uh, retirement years, you know, and uh, I get all of the uh, excitement or interest uh, associated with trying to do something that I believe in, uh, she just gets less uh, fun in many respects, you know, and uh, her uh, unwavering uh, willingness to allow me to do this is something that I appreciate uh, more than almost anything. Yeah. It all it it actually makes me think double hard about these efforts and it makes me try harder because I know that I'm uh, affecting uh, somebody I love uh, beyond just myself. Now my, now my kids on the other hand, uh, they were, they were fine with this. Uh, uh, gradually uh, when the, when the conversations first started coming up, uh, Patty discussed it with the kids. I have three children and I think initially each of them were sort of like, uh, you know, you've lost twice. Uh, what's the point? And uh, and then they, without being, without me conversing with them about it much, they sort of all came around and decided that, uh, yeah, you know, uh, Dad believes in this, and uh, and so he should do it. So uh, the kids have been uh, uh, unanimous in their uh, support and enthusiasm, and. Uh, and so is Patty, but I but I recognize that Patty's paying a bigger price than the kids mm. are. Yeah, you know? yeah, sure, so, absolutely. But, uh, uh, she, my my wife doesn't, uh, she doesn't get involved directly, and uh, uh, and she's certainly welcome to. It's not her thing, and so. Uh, she's very supportive and she'll go deliver yard signs and she'll do that. But she has no aspirations of, you know, being on TV or in the newspaper. I mean, you know, she, we got 11 grandkids and that's her joy. You know, I, I told somebody the reason I really decided to do this was I had a choice uh, for the rest of my life. I could either run for office or babysit 11 grandkids. <laughs> and this just seemed like a no brainer to me. <laughs> <laughs> Given the two, yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is what I'll just do. Uh, uh, I, I, so I want to make sure that people understand that you had opportunity. I mean, we're talking substantial opportunities. I mean, these are these are these are big offices that you were asked to run for, but you run a run for St. Louis County Executive. You always have. And yeah, before, no, that's right. And I don't, you know, I will never run for any other office besides St. Louis County Executive. And so, you just don't hear politicians like ever say that. Well, but but the the reasons for this are are so clear in my mind. Uh, you know, St. Louis County is uh, is sort of a big deal. We don't get it because we take it for granted because we live here, and but uh, you know, it's one of the hundred largest counties in America. Uh, one of only six of those hundred, uh, candidly, that has declined in population over the last decade, but uh, it's it's a it's a big county, uh, both in population and in geography. I mean, it's it's incredible. I, I drove down to an event on Saturday from my home, which is sort of in the uh, uh, central uh, corridor, down to Eureka. You know, and I know it's twenty five minute drive down south. You know, and uh, and uh, I could spend just as so much time driving up north. So it's it's a it's a it's a fascinating uh, community. It has it, it's very diverse in its population base. It has all of the issues that America has relative to public policies. You know, we have we have areas that are almost agricultural, and we have urban issues. We have diverse populations. We have financial issues, uh, and and so the the range of challenges are are significant, and and certainly. The kinds of things that you want to deal with, you yeah. know. 
but yeah, uh, you know, and and St. Louis County uh, has I don't know sixteen, eighteen percent of the population of the state, twenty uh, five ish percent of the state's GDP. Uh, if you take uh, the city and St. Charles uh, and St. Louis County, you have about 40% of the GDP of the state of Missouri. Uh, and, uh, and, and St. Louis County is really the engine that drives all of that, both regionally and on a statewide basis. And so it, it, it really matters. And this, the, the county executive, though, I recognize that a lot of people think, what, is even, what does that person even do? The county executive has the potential to influence that government body that, uh, that, that, that is the economic engine and the population base. And so it, if it appears to me, it feels to me like a place where one can make a real difference. Yeah. I know for some people they're going, yeah, but he was a Democrat and now he's a Republican. And so what does that say? So yeah. I want to, I just want to open that up because yeah, I so, know that that's a question. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, I'm, I'm glad when people bring it up because uh, it's important for me to uh, to clarify clarify that. I think I think I indicated that I, uh, I I've never been a person who uh, uh, first words out of my mouth when introducing myself to somebody were what party I was a member of. Okay, I I have supported Republicans uh, in the in the past, uh, not always great ones. Uh, I've supported Democrats, not always great ones in the past. I have contributed as a business person to people from both parties, uh, in, in the past. Uh, and, um, so, so party identification has never been the driving force in any of this for me. The driving force, as I've suggested, is, uh, St. Louis and the, and, and the community. Um, the, uh, uh, as, as I, as I indicated, when I ran for office as a Democrat, I, uh, I courted as many Republican voters as I could. We have an open primary system, you recall. And so I, I tried to get as many Republicans to vote for uh, me as I could. Uh, I will be trying to get as many Democrats to vote for me this time as I possibly can. I think that's what we need in this region. Look, we've got so many fundamental challenges in the St. Louis area that uh, we have to work together if we're going to tackle this stuff. No party is going to be able to tackle the range of issues that we have uh, by uh, by themselves. And so, uh, trying to uh, unite the community is something that gets me very excited, and I think is necessary for us to uh, achieve our potential. The other point about this is the county executive's job is essentially, uh, at its essence, it's an administrative uh, job. It's an executive position. Uh, There's not a Republican way to uh, fix potholes or a Democratic way to clean the streets. Uh, uh, Most of the duties that are commensurate with being a county executive are truly nonpartisan. They're a matter of uh, executive competence and leadership. Uh, not so much a ideal, ideological kind of difference, and so I just don't think it matters very much uh, whether the county executive is a, a Republican or a Democrat. I think what matters is that they're competent, uh, that uh, they know how to lead, they know how to communicate, that they have some priorities that they're willing to communicate to the uh, community and then uh, work for, and, uh, and I don't think any of that stuff is Republican or Democratic. A good government is not a Republican idea or a Democratic idea. It's an American idea. And that's what I'm uh, hoping to deliver. What would you do that isn't being done right now? Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Very simple question. Yeah, well, alarmed but, answer. But a long answer. <laughs> and I've already I've probably uh, talked too long to some of these questions. But, I'm sorry. I should have given you more of a breather. Uh, <laughs> Well, so look, the, 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 um, the, the first thing that we have to recognize, I think, is that the county government has been pretty chaotic over the last uh, four or six years, right? Uh, I, I mean, we, we had the, the Steve Stenger uh, experience, and, and then coming out of that, uh, we had Sam Page coming into the office, and—, uh, and the county government, in my opinion, has been dysfunctional. By dysfunctional, I mean that it hasn't had the ability to tackle the fundamental challenges of our community. Uh, the 
current county executive has had a dysfunctional relationship with the county council. For those of you guys who don't follow that stuff that much, the county council is essentially the legislative branch of the county government. The county executive is the executive branch. The county council is the legislative branch. And they have had uh, a horribly dysfunctional relationship for really the last six years uh, to the extent that our fundamental challenges like crime and economic uh, development have not even really been addressed materially by this largest government, uh, governmental entity in the state. Uh, so the, the first thing that I, I think one has to do is we have to end that chaos and that dysfunction. We have to build relationships where you can work with people. Uh, I think I can work with the county council. You know. Uh, I know them all. Yes. Uh, and uh, clearly uh, uh, they probably won't, every person, support my candidacy. But that's okay. I, I know them all. I get along pretty well with all of them. And I, uh, I think I tend to treat people respectfully. I think that the biggest flaw in what Sam Page has done is he has treated people disrespectfully at sort of every stage. He's treated the county council disrespectfully. He's treated, uh, during the pandemic, he treated business owners disrespectfully, parents disrespectfully. Uh, he treated... Uh, uh, you know, the gym owners disrespectfully. Uh, he treated the municipalities disrespectfully. And again, he's treated the county council members disrespectfully. And all of that breeds dysfunction. Uh, that's, that's just really not who I am. I, uh, in, in my life, I, I think I've, I mean, we're all, we're all flawed, right? But uh, I've, I've generally had good working relationships with, po- with, with folks uh, uh, who worked with me and uh, uh, even competitors uh, when when I was a lawyer or when I was a, a CEO, other business owners, I I always I think treated people respectfully and uh, and I think that's uh, I think that's necessary. So that's a kind of all encompassing answer to what would be different. Uh, uh, I, I would hope that the chaos would be uh, eliminated, uh, the dysfunction would be uh, eliminated, the corruption would be uh, eliminated. And so that would then allow us to uh, attack the crime issue, which I think is the preeminent issue in the region today. The crime issue, not just because of the harm that it does uh, to victims of crime, but it's also uh, limiting our economic development as a region. We're, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're losing people because some people are afraid to be here. They're afraid to go out. Some of them just go so far as St. Charles. Uh, some of them uh, leave the region altogether. Uh, it's incre- incredibly difficult to get businesses to transfer employees here and relocate uh, operations to St. Louis because of crime. And, uh, and so we, we've got to tackle. That's a fundamental challenge that we have. And, and it's important not just because of crime, but because of the economic yeah, uh, damper that it, that it, uh, it creates. So uh, those, are the, those are some of the policy issues that uh, I would love to tackle. I think it's important to say that we don't have to solve all this stuff overnight. Nobody's going to make crime go to zero overnight. Uh, but what frustrates me, what, what I find disappointing, is that we're not trying. We're not on it. This is just something that I can't excuse, right? Uh, I was asked the other day about, uh, uh, you know, how would you ever get a crime plan? <laughs> well, uh, crime plans are common in America. If you Google crime plan you'll find a list of programs that different metropolitan areas across America are using to try to get their crime issue under control. You won't find one probably about St. Louis because there isn't one. I think that is dereliction of duty for us to have this challenge and not be addressing it aggressively. Uh, and there, there, are, there are creative, innovative uh, sort of uh, plans that have had success in other cities and uh, – I, I, you have to engage these things on a community-wide basis. You need different constituents to participate. You need the police. You need the feds, of course. But you need uh, clergy. You need business people to sort of come together uh, and get behind a plan. And then you need to set some metrics and say, look, 
we think in the next three months or six months, we're going to shoot to bring this crime down to this level. Uh, this is how we're going to go about do it. You keep your metrics. Uh, you report back to the community, hey, uh, we did it or we didn't do it. All right. Yeah, and yeah. so we're going to we're going to uh, adjust here and there. You know, uh, mayors all over America have dashboards on flat screens in their office detailing for them what's happening overnight uh, on a daily basis with respect to uh, crime mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. I just think we're too, we're just not engaged. All right. And that's a failure of leadership to me and the kind of thing that I would like to uh, in, uh, tackle. I've also uh, heard you talk about uh, while the potential for a lawsuit was going on with the Rams, an interest in St. Louis pursuing an NFL team at that time before there was the settlement. And now we have the settlement, but we still don't have uh, a plan uh, as to what is going to be done with that money. Um, what are your thoughts on that situation and anything? Well, let me, let me go back to history, first of all, okay. just because I wasn't on. I don't, I don't know if I was on your radio station. You were, you were on with was us I, when that was going on. When that on. was going on. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I promise everybody within the sound of my voice, had I been county executive— when this region was negotiating with the NFL, I would have been pounding on the table every day to try to get another NFL franchise. When the Rams left, I assumed that that would be the last NFL franchise opportunity in my lifetime for St. Louis. When the lawsuit was filed and then started to gain momentum, I was reading uh, pretty much every day, Mike Florio and other NFL talking heads who were addressing the fact that an NFL franchise was within the realm of possibilities for St. Louis as a, as a, an outcome of the lawsuit. And look, I, I mean, I'm not making this up. I was reading in, oh. the, uh, in the NFL-related press that this was not out of the question. <clears throat> I asked, not, I want to say this, I want to be careful about the way I say it, not, not the lawyers, but other people who should have been in a position to influence this, if that was a possibility, and they said, well, it has never come up. And I said, well, you have to bring it up. <laughs> and they looked at me like I didn't get it. Uh it is as if they thought the $750 million that we got paid was immediately on the table. Well, that wasn't on the table when it began either. I, uh, I, uh, I resent the fact that we lost a $2 billion asset and took $500 million net and think we won. We didn't win. And... Uh, I I think it is very difficult to be a major metropolitan area, city, region in America today without either an NFL or an NBA franchise. Uh, we all love the Cardinals. We all love the Blues. and uh, But MLB and the NHL are really not where it's at and where it's going when it comes to professional sports, in my view. And professional sports like uh, good art museums and good symphonies, in in my view, are a, a necessity to have to be a major market in 21st century in America. So I would just not have let it go that easily. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So and I know. Well, you were uh, outspoken about that on our show. You were passionate about that. Yeah. It 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 really it really still makes me. Uh, it still upsets me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I mean I. If I turn on the TV on Sunday and the Indianapolis Colts are, Colts are on TV and and they're playing at home in their dome, you know, they write that name of Indianapolis across the end zone in letters, full out Indianapolis, that are about, you know, 20 feet yeah. tall, yeah. right? And I think to myself about the value of that exposure to that community uh, uh, to their brand. And I think about, uh, the fact that St. Louis, uh, is non-existent on those Sundays. 
and I, 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 I regret it. Uh, I almost resent it candidly that, and I, and I resent it when I hear people say, isn't it great that we got that, we got that dough. And you know what, uh, do you know when we settled that lawsuit, Stan Kroenke still owns the Rams, Rams park. How can that happen? How did we settle with this guy and he still owns that real estate? We, we couldn't say, you've got to give us back the damn real estate. It is, it's incredible to me. The, and I, I know it's going to sound like I'm beating up on the lawyers, but I'm, I'm, really, I'm really not. Uh, I think the plaintiffs had to take control of their wish list, their demands. Uh, the lawyers were going to have to get paid. There's no doubt that there was going to have to be a cash a component to the settlement, all right? Uh, but uh, we, I, I think a better outcome uh, might have been possible. Again, what, what makes me crazy is that we didn't, I don't think we, we tried it. I've asked these people, uh, you know, about it, and they say, well, it just never came up. <laughs> okay, well, great. Uh, what were you thinking? Why didn't you bring it up, uh, you know? Anyway, okay, so now what do I, what do, I do with the 500 million bucks? All right, well, well, so great. Sounds like a lot of dough, right? St. Louis County budgets next year is a billion dollars, Okay. St. Louis County, let's say the St. Louis County only gets a third of that money. Right. So we get $160, $160 million, okay? What is that? That's about, uh, what, you're better at math than I am. Yeah, Maybe three 16% months. 16% of the, the yeah, budget. Yeah, what is it, two months operating expenses? Yeah. Uh, uh, three months operating expenses? Well, that's great. I mean, it's, it's not an insignificant amount of money. I'm not suggesting that it doesn't matter. But this is not the kind of money that's going to transform the region, right. okay? And people have this... They're, they're deluding themselves into thinking that somehow or other this money is going to change the, the region. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the plaintiffs, uh, the, the convention um, uh, uh, committee and the, uh, the, the city and the county, uh, apparently they haven't uh, come to an agreement yet on the division of the proceeds. I understand the city wants two-thirds of it. Uh, there might be a case for the city getting something more than uh, a one third in light mm-hmm. of the fact that the Rams were located in the city. But if I were county executive before I'd agree to that, I'd have to convince myself that the city's going to use the money in a way that benefits the whole region. Uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll aggravate some of your listeners who are city folks here, but you know, St. Louis County pays the lion's share of most of the regional expenses that drive this place, right? Uh, 75% or so of the Zoo Museum District money comes from county residents. Uh, 75-80% of the money for bi-state development and Metrolink and all that comes from county folks, right? Uh, and, and that's fine. We have more people uh, and, and the like. I get it, all right? But I, I think that at some point there has to be some recognition of the fact that the county is paying a large amount of what keeps this region afloat. Uh, and so I, I probably wouldn't be immediately inclined to just roll over and take, uh, you know, 20% of this settlement unless I knew that the part that the city was getting was going to be used to benefit the region. If the money is going to be given to city residents, yeah, I got a bit of a problem with that. Okay. And so uh, I don't know where where they are. You know, we've all read the stories about the fact that the money hasn't been invested uh, uh, reasonably in this period, and it's costing us uh, a net of about uh, twenty five to thirty thousand dollars a day uh, by virtue of putting it in a low interest uh, account. You know, that's the sort of incompetence that I think a business leader, probably most competent business leaders, would have never mista- made that mistake. Right. So, well, that, what you're saying there is going to resonate with a lot of people and probably fire a lot of people up because this is something that, that is a raw nerve for St. Louisans, whether it be city, county, or, or throughout the, the metropolitan well, I, area. Well, you know, I, I haven't, I've never said this publicly before, and I, I'm sure I'll be scoffed at. But if I'm elected to county executive, I promise you I will reach out to the NFL, all right, uh, uh, and the NBA and indicate to those uh, organizations that St. Louis is open for business and wants to be a participant, and uh, and I w- I'll have to hear it 
uh, with my own ears that St. Louis is dead to them or uh, St. Louis is, all right, because I will do everything I can to rebuild those relationships in, in the hopes that uh, we can uh, resurrect these, uh, these, these regional assets. I think they're, I think they're crucial uh, uh, for the uh, sort of the mosaic of a community today. And uh, to ignore it, again, I think is dereliction, and de- dereliction of duty. Yeah. Uh, final line of, of thought here for our conversation. Uh, in reading the article in the Post-Dispatch, good detailed article um, as to the thought process on a variety of different fronts with you. Watched your conversation on, on Donnybrook uh, last week. Um, they started out the article, if I'm not mistaken, Mark Montavani could be out playing golf, <laughs> which, which I know to be true and you know to be true, and, and yet here you are doing this a third time. And people can hear your passion. You're running a third time. If you can... Strip everything away. Why? Why run when you could be, whether it be on the golf course or take your pick of wherever, relaxing? Because you, you've been successful professionally and you could have shut it down a long time ago. And, and here you are doing this. And I think that's why I admire it and probably the only person who runs for office that I speak about because I believe, well, I know you, but I also believe in when somebody feels so passionately about a cause. I can say it all day, but what, what can you say to communicate to the people who will listen to this the why that you're doing it again and specifically for St. Louis in this position? Yeah, so I, I, I don't know that I've got a great answer. Uh, it just feels important to me. And the I, I, I'm never happier than when I feel like I'm serving a bigger calling, okay? Um uh, when I was the CEO of a business, the things that made me the happiest about being a CEO was when I felt like I was serving the people that worked with me, okay? Uh, and again, I, I, I didn't always get everything right, believe me. But, but the, 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 the satisfaction of serving a bigger cause and working for others is something that I've experienced in my own life. And so it gives me great enjoyment uh, to, to work on behalf of, of others, you know? Now, it seems weird, right? Work on behalf, yeah, you're the CEO and you got paid all this dough. And yeah, really, he was really working. I mean, that's what I'd be saying if I was listening to this. But I defined my time leading a company in terms of what I was doing for the people who worked at the company almost as much as anything else. I mean, I certainly wanted to make some dough. I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not a monk. Right. But, (laughs) but, but, but practically speaking, the satisfaction of serving others is, is great. I've, I've, I've said this to, I don't know if I ever said this on to you guys before, but, uh, probably the happiest days that I ever had professionally were days when, you know, I, I sold our business several times to private, different private equity business uh, uh, investors as the business was growing. We would sell the business and, uh, and, and uh, to a new b- bunch of private equity investors, and then it would grow for four or five years, and then they would want to cash out and take their profits, and then we'd sell it to another bunch, and they'd do the same kind of thing. Well, each time that happened... Uh, we had a little stock option plan in the company that I think the employees never paid much attention to, right? We were a privately owned company, yeah, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And, and each time that happened, I had the joy of being able to call people into my office and handing them a check uh, that they never saw coming, those were my happiest days, right? I mean, uh, can you imagine what a kick that is? Yeah. To, I, I mean, a, a, a mom uh, who's you know forty five, and you, you you call her in your office and you give her a check for two hundred fifty thousand bucks. I'm not talking about ten thousand bucks here, right? and 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 she cries, right? My God, I I I can educate my kids. I you know, those were my happiest days, and so. Even though I was a CEO and I made a bunch of dough and all blah blah blah, the 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 notion of serving a bigger interest and serving other people is something that I really 
enjoy. Uh, it's just, just that simple. The other thing I'd say to that is I was always the guy who cared about being from St. Louis. I, I went to a little college in, uh, in Quincy, at Quincy College, when I got out of uh, high school. And at Quincy College, when I went there, uh, about a, a third of the students were from, were from Chicago and a third maybe from St. Louis. And I was always the guy uh, sticking up for St. Louis against the guys from Chicago, you know, and talking about the fact that, you know, uh, we had everything that they had. We just didn't have to wait 45 minutes to get there, you know. <laughs> and, and, and so St. Louis has always just meant a lot to me. And why shouldn't it? It's been really good to my family and me. And, uh, and yet it, it just is so disappointing that we have lost our way. And I, I, I've, I have felt like I had the potential to uh, make a difference. I, I didn't want to just do another not-for-profit because I think we've got so many not-for-profits. Until we get the government engaged in moving positively, the rest of us just operate in the margins. And I've been on a lot of boards and all that kind of stuff. But we're operating in the margins. The government is in the heart of a lot of these challenges. And so being able to serve in that way just seems like a great opportunity for me. And I have kids and grandkids. Uh, uh, I know I've told you this before, but, you know, my when my kids got out of high school and they're in their 20s, we witnessed a lot of their peers, a lot of their friends leaving St. Louis. And as you, you'll, you're probably going to find if you haven't found out yet— Many of your friends that you'll develop in the next decade or so are going to be the parents of your kids' friends, mm-hmm. the the, the yeah. parents of the uh, kids your son plays soccer with or plays hockey with or whatever he's playing or she's playing uh, soccer or softball or what have you. And, and, and those people, they tend to become good friends in many cases because you see them uh, all year round sure. for many years. and. So Patty and I have watched a lot of our friends see their families fragment, right, uh, because their kids moved away and uh, their, 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 uh, their kids and now their grandkids are uh, remote. And uh, it sort of makes me sad, right, uh, that my friends' grandkids, they get to see twice a year or, or some such thing. And... Uh, and I attribute a lot of that to the fact that St. Louis hasn't provided the opportunity for those uh, young adults to feel good about making St. Louis their home. And I'd love to, I'd love to reverse that trend. Other cities are on it. Uh, 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 when Patty and I were in Boston in 2016, the mayor, uh, Marty Walsh, who's now the Secretary of Treasury, Marty Walsh had two people in the mayor's office of the city of Boston whose full-time job was trying to retain college graduates uh, uh, as residents for the city of Boston, two wow. full-time jobs, and they they organized uh, job fairs, they they lobbied to keep bars uh, open later at night, they activated spaces, uh, they were promoting Boston as a place for those young people to make their homes. Right? Uh, what does St. Louis do? I don't know. All right, I don't see much of it. All right, and we talk about it, but we don't think we're doing much, and. Uh, and we've got to get better at that. We have a we have a real uh, drain of our uh, uh, of our young people. We have a brain drain, and uh, again, it's not going to get better if we don't tackle it. Man, I couldn't be more fired up listening to you talk. I'm glad Jackson, 24 years old, in here with uh, peers, and I'm sure many of my know when we talk or have moved away and live in uh, Chicago is certainly one that that they go to. But Denver, totally, Boston, yep. Uh, yep. Austin, Austin, uh, yeah, that's a that, that, Nashville. Right. I hear I yeah. hear Nashville now all the time. Uh, even when Nashville started growing, I didn't hear people that I know whose kids were moving there. I've uh, been in the last uh, six months. I've heard three or four kids who have let, are leaving St. Louis to move to to Nashville. Uh, and uh, uh, look, we 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 just we the the other reason I think I can do this job is because. This uh, the, the the county executive's job should be sort of chief sales officer for the region. The, the the county executive ought to be using a bully pulpit to communicate both internally to all of us mm-hmm. the strengths of our community and externally to people around the country. 
how great a place St. Louis is. Uh, I don't think we've had anybody do that job for uh, for decades, right? When I was a kid, it was the mayor of the city of St. Louis who did it. Uh, I, I through I, I don't think it's Mayor Jones' fault by any stretch of the imagination. I just think that with the loss of population in the city, it's a little tough today for the person in the city to sort of be that de facto leader of the mm-hmm. region. I think it falls on the county executive, and uh, I would love to be that uh, mouthpiece uh, promoting St. Louis near and far, uh, and and uh, and and changing its. Uh, reputation in uh, in people's um, minds. Mark, it is always a pleasure, uh, and I am so glad that we've gotten a chance to uh, to talk again, and our audience gets a chance to hear uh, all of the background and all of the uh, the plan. The well, thanks, thanks for. Uh, hey, one last thing. I don't know your audience that well, but I have a sense of it because a lot of times I'll be stopped by somebody and. Uh, I'll be walking out of a blues game or I'll be, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, and somebody will say, I, I, I heard you on McKernan, uh, you know, and uh, my sense is that your audience tends to be male. It tends to be, I don't know, maybe 25 to 40 or something like that for, I don't know. All right. And I don't say this in a demeaning way because I've, I was 25 to 40 at once, if you can imagine that. And voting may not be at the top of your list of things to do. You got a lot of stuff to deal with. You got kids maybe, or you got uh, uh, work, you got a lot of responsibilities. I would just ask you this time to get off your butts and vote because if we don't get this thing fixed this time, I don't know when it's going to happen. I, I, Hopefully there's a, a, a better, brighter uh, person coming up behind me, but I don't know, and I think this might be one of our last best chances to change the future of the region. So even though you might have a lot of things to do on November 8th, uh, I'd really ask you to, uh, to, to make a point of it this time anyway to get out and vote. It's a great message. Mark, I've enjoyed it. As always, thank you so much for your time. Great to be with you. Always, uh, always uh, enjoy being with you guys, too. Thank you. So there it is, a conversation with Mark Monavani running for St. Louis County Executive. Uh, the, no, the election is on November 8th, and uh, right there at the end, making a plea to the audience going, hey, I understand. When I was 25, 26, even in my late 30s, voting might not have been top priority, but this time, uh, if you could, please make sure you do. Uh, Mark Monavani here on the Tim McKernan Show podcast, sitting down with us inside of the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Jackson, what stood out to you the most? Because you had never, you had never met him. You told me that you, what, like hacked into a Zoom conversation <laughs> sometime? I don't remember this. There was so a Zoom. We're going to have to prosecute you? <laughs> there was a Zoom where uh, I created the room and I, I went into the room early or maybe late and I was in the middle of a conversation between Mark and someone else, and I had to quickly exit. And I apologized profusely, uh, but ju- just hearing Mark and like like I said earlier, like the earnest demeanor and the way he speaks, it's not like it doesn't sound like your prototypical politician who, like you said, is like using certain offices as a stepping stone. It's so much more like, hey, I really want to help the community that has given so much to me, and I want to give back to it. And that's all he wants to do. Right. And that's How often do you have a politician saying, yeah, all I want is this one office? It's so rare. It's it's so unbelievably rare. And so uh, that was really interesting and and refreshing, honestly, to hear a politician speak that way. Uh, And listen, while I make it clear, and and Mark, you heard him talk about our, the background on, you know, we have, and we still are, uh, in talks with regards to uh, other uh, business opportunities, um, I it's listen. I, I would welcome Sam Page to come on the podcast. Um, so it's not like this is all Mark Montavani all the time. But I thought if I'm going to have somebody on, and I have a personal relationship with the person, it is important to uh, be transparent with the audience. But the thing is, I didn't know Mark until he came on the podcast for the first time in 2018, and it really was the line that you just said. All I want to do is be St. Louis County Executive. I have no interest in anything beyond that. And now he actually has been asked to run for higher office. Um, 
And he said, no. And he said, because listen, I'm an executive. You're essentially a CEO of St. Louis County. That's what I do. Right. Being in, take your pick of whatever legislative body is a legislative duty. That's not necessarily what I do. I, that, I wouldn't necessarily be the person for that. But when it comes to this, this is what I do. And I also think a lot of people, I don't know if it answered your questions on it. I obviously spent a good amount of time on it, and he did on the Republican-Democrat thing. Um, and I understand people questioning it, which is why I wanted to ask the questions on behalf of the people who certainly have those questions. Uh, so there you are. Mark Monavani with us here on the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Thank you to him for coming into the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Thank you to you for listening. As always, any questions, comments, or welcome, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios on the InsideSTL slash TMA. STL Podcast Network. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.